This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions. Because it's time to dish the dirt. On the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And uh, to welcome the little winter wildflower. Yes. <laughs> That's Charlie you. Dobbin. Oh. Yes, that'll be you. No, I thought that was you. Oh, no. Oh, little no, I winter was, wildflower. I, I, I like that. Being nice and poetic and everything to it, and then you come in and ruin it. Oh. <laughs> oh. Well, I'm Frank Proctor, the sous chef of the... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, the old raspberry to me, huh? Okay. <clears throat> I'm Frank. That's Charlie. Yep. And away we go with the garden job. Okay. Yes. And there's James Patrick that Dooley. Couldn't do it without him. Exactement. He's the first voice you will, and a dulcet-toned voice it is, too, uh, when you answer the, or you call, he'll answer the phone. <laughs> Take your uh, call and get you on hold. Okay. and So here are the numbers. We, for well, questions or for tips and oh, tricks and anything going on tr- in your garden. Tricks. Now, there's one we haven't really had, tips, but we're, I'm willing to I'm trends and willing questions. to go for it. All right. Okay. Phone numbers. In Tirana, 416-360-0740. And then anywhere else in the province, it's toll free. one 866 744-740. Remember, there is a little mantra we follow, and follow very carefully here. Yes, call early, call often. One question per call, or Patrolman Proctor pulls you over, and you get at least a talking to, or a ticket. And then, if you're a first-time caller, yep. that's what you shall hear. But you got to tell James, that's you know, right. your first-time or, caller. Or us. Or, uh, yeah, I can tell us. That's okay, too. I can, I can, you know, fit it in in the last <laughs> second. You're, but I like to be prepared. You're pretty smooth, yeah. Yeah, oh, exactly. You like that, that, yes, that I wrist, am. Uh, yes, I am. Yeah, ready to go. Okay, thank you. I use pumice you. all over my body, so I'm so smooth. <laughs> smooth. Yeah. Shiny, I know. <laughs> polished. Well, yes, that too. Mm, the polished, frankly. The little proctor. gem of the garden show. <laughs> That's you. <laughs> Emphasis, little. Stop that. I saw your look. Okay. All right. A couple of things to yes. uh, tell everybody about to put on calendars. Because uh, I don't know about you, but I'm getting a bit tired of this winter. Oh, yeah. And it's we're that. not even halfway through. Oh, yeah. I know. So keeping that in mind, it's really important that we get out and do the things that make us happy. and <laughs> You know, whatever that might be. So here are a couple of things going on. Uh, now, first off is next weekend. Remember that Southern Ontario Orchid Society is having their really big show. Really, really, really big. Every yep. year they have a really big orchid right show. Here. That's right. Yep. At the Toronto Botanical right Gardens. There. Right there. <laughs> <laughs> February 8th and 9th. So that's Saturday and Sunday next week. Now, it's it's pretty neat. I mean, it's it's very big. It's huge. And you and I have both been mm-hmm. invited to attend. Now, I know it's hard for you because after we finish the garden show, you then have to go and do more shows as the day progresses. That's right. yeah. But if there's any chance that you and I want to deke up to Toronto Botanical Gardens, at, you know, on Lawrence at Leslie, on the corner, uh, for Saturday and Sunday, 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. is 
ongoing. Now, handheld cameras only. Oh, none of the tripod things. No, They're no, allowed early, early in the morning, correct. right? There is limited admission for $20 with your tripods on Sunday morning between 9 and 11. Well, I, I can imagine a number of professionals, I mean, you know, bring their st- to get shots of these gorgeous orchids. Oh, exactly. Huh? There's, yeah. there, and there's thousands of them. So that's part of it. And, and if you're really into this, it, it's the collectors, right? It's yep. the unusual, mm-hmm. the odd and unusual. Um, of course, as well. Are you referring to the photographers <laughs> or, the, or the flowers? <laughs> there's that, too. <laughs> I see. All right. <laughs> and next week, uh, oh, sorry, I'm saying this is all next week. This is the 8th and 9th. Yes. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm getting really messed up on the calendar, <laughs> as you already know. Next week, in preparation for the following weekend orchid show, we will be joined by Terry Kennedy, and she is one wacky orchid person. She knows her orchids. Uh, she has been collecting them herself. She propagates them. She sells them. She is a judge. She's a director on the executive of the Southern Ontario Orchid Society, longtime member of the show committee. She's a lifetime member of the society. She participates in all kinds of shows all over the world. Yeah, you, yeah, you know what no, I'm no, saying. No, just tell me what she doesn't do. It'll be shorter. Right. I know. She does. <laughs> she, it's unbelievable. But And she's passionate about orchids and dedicated to spreading the orchid addiction. Wow. Yeah. So she'll be joining she's us. She's a pusher. Or, or, <laughs> yeah. 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 So you, you'll be ready for <laughs> her next John week. John sent me. Yeah. I'll meet you in the corner. Okay. All right. you an orchid. <laughs> Okay, another thing to put on your calendar for February the 12th. So that's not, you know, you've got a little bit of time on this one. There's a master class in propagating rare and unusual tropicals. It's being held at the Allen Gardens, which is a very, mm-hmm. very lovely. You should, I'm telling you, you got to go to some of these greenhouses. Get out of the winter. Get out of the gray and the dirty snow and the ice everywhere. Step into one of these completely open to the public Tropical greenhouses where the humidity and the smells and the temperature—it's just like it just bring forth summer. Let yeah, it's alone like spring. You go, it's like Hawaii. Yeah. I mean, it's so humid. Oh, really? Yeah, I mean, it's not just summer. It's that humidity and all those lovely aromas and stuff. So, this is an opportunity to not only be in the Allen Gardens beautiful greenhouses, but actually learn stuff. You're going to tour the historic conservatory. You're going to work with a whole bunch of really neat odd and unusual tropical plants. You're going to learn how to germinate seeds. You're going to learn how to root cuttings of challenging plants. And you're going to take home your own cutting. Mm. So that is February the 12th, 7 to 9 p.m. For more information, go to torontobotanicalgarden.ca or call them at 416-397-1341. Okay. Uh, and you have more in abeyance in case we have time to get to Just uh, to a lot of stuff going on around CD Saturdays and CD Sundays. Yeah, so yeah. for people that are seed collectors or seed swappers, we've got some upcoming... Information? Yeah. Very good. Uh, we will get to the uh, callers in just a couple of moments, but I'm going to revert to the very first exercise <laughs> I ever did to introduce your little spiel on, uh, <laughs> on Sierra Sill, and mm-hmm. it is... Oh, Up that's right. With one eye, eyelid. Okay. But it doesn't Let, hurt, does it? Uh, no, no, no. Pain but, free. But it's it's good for your face. Yeah, you know, eyelid up, down, and, up, and, down. And the, and the really, we do need a yes. camera for that. Um, the, the, um, <laughs> the real 
point of this is that you're just <laughs> laughing while you're doing it because well, it doesn't hurt. And no, no, no it doesn't. No pain at all. And it doesn't hurt that I've taken my Sierra Sil. <laughs> that's right. And you shall explain to the folks why that's good. Well, Sierra Sil is a completely natural mineral supplement that does amazing things for making joints work better. So if you've got any creaky, uh, painful... I hear uh, you walking down the hall. I was going to say <laughs> clicking, <laughs> knees, that sort of thing. Uh, the Sierra Sil is magical and can really help. Uh, I can, you know, lots of good anecdotal yeah. information. My mom has, my 86-year-old mom totally believes in Sierra Sil. She's the one who says it makes her feel frisky. So, that's right. You know, that. I know. So, yeah. so that's my mom. You know, she's at the track, the walking track. She's passing everybody. You know, get <laughs> out of my you, way. I bet she was at Woodbine. <laughs> 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 no, not that track. No, no, she's at the Y. So anyway, you can pick up Sierra Sil at many health food stores, including Good Health Mart in Woodbridge. You can buy it on the web, sierrasil.ca, or you can call them at one eight seven seven joint 14 S-I-E-R-R-A-S-I-L. Don't change the radio station. Just because the weather changes, garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And the sous chef of the garden, Frank Proctor, laying down the welcome mat, red red carpet as it were, uh, from Richmond Hill. It's Carrie. Good morning, Carrie. Yeah, good morning. Um, this is about the monarch butterfly. Apparently, I've been reading in the newspaper that its food source is depleting. Now, uh, apparently, what is it? The milkweed plant. How can I get some seeds for that? I don't have a computer, so don't um, tell me to go online. No, okay. Uh, I was going to say, milkweed, you're in Richmond Hill. Yeah, they, I know it grows wild, but I've does. tried to take the seeds and throw them around the garden and whatever, mm-hmm. and I just it just doesn't work. It usually I find okay. So number one, if you have any green space near where you live, or you can get out and walk well, through because any because of the storm, I have a lot of green space. <laughs> okay, well, it, a lot of uh, ravine sort of space. Mm. There is lots of milkweed in the Richmond Hill area in the ravines, you know, along the the roots that to kind of okay. dip down the walking trails, etc. Oh, so you have to get uh, the whole plant. No, but you, um, when milkweed goes to seed, it's right. like a pod. In the fall, exactly. There's a pod that sits on the... It, right. Milkweed usually grows meh, two and a half feet tall, maybe. And the, the pods are quite large. They're a good... It's three. the little matches that are the seeds, correct? The, the seeds are wind-blown. So when the pod opens, there's a fuzzy bit, and then there's a little seed at the bottom of the fuzz. So it looks right a on, little right bit on. like a... Like a birdie, you know, um, yeah. badminton birdie, but smaller, obviously. And uh, and it will, and when milkweed will come up unexpectedly when you don't want it, and it's been considered a weed by many people for a long, long time, and was pulled out of gardens. Yeah, but it's a beautiful flower, though. Yeah, and no. now you're right. There's a lot more emphasis on letting it grow. And keep in mind, though, monarch butterflies lay their eggs on milkweed. When the eggs hatch, the little larvae come out, and the larvae eat the milkweed. And a, which allows them to turn into butterflies. Carrie, am I to understand that the monarch butterfly exists solely, basically, on yes. milkweed? Yes. Yeah. Isn't that wild? Yeah. Never, never yeah, heard of Yeah, yeah. And so their travels, because of all the subdivisions and whatever, um, you know, fields and fields of this stuff, apparently, um, no longer, of course. Yeah. And so the monarch butterflies are actually dying. Yep. Wow. Okay. So it's a good question of where can you get if you if you can't go and collect any milkweed seeds in your local area given the kind of weather we're having and the fact the time of year 
I know you could probably pick up milkweed seed at a seedy Saturday event. Now, the Toronto Botanical Gardens does have a seed swap, seed exchange. What Wonderful, wonderful. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to see if I've got that information here with me. And if I don't, I will look it up and... We will. I will announce it before the show is over. And that would be worth going to because you're right. If you don't have access to the Internet, you need to get into a place where you can actually get a hold of some of these seeds. And they would not be hard to grow. You just need well, a hot, you sunny spot. Thank you very much for answering my, sort of my question. Yeah. Well, Do, no, that's an interesting point. Uh, I, I just recall – I think I've, I've mentioned this once before, but I was absolutely dumbfounded. Uh, my wife and I, uh, Di, were on a trip – several years ago, and we were down in the States and crossed, we were on the ferry across Lake Champlain. Mm -hmm. And and just as we were halfway across the lake, we saw this huge uh, flotilla, uh, flotilla, uh, swarm, Uh, swarm, (laughs) monarch butterflies, beautiful. No, absolutely gorgeous. Okay, and on another point, Mm -hmm. Charlie, Mm -hmm. I I really like your singing at the beginning of the show. Yeah, isn't that gorgeous? <laughs> Thanks, you. <laughs> Frank, Frank likes to pretend that's me, but it's oh, not no, it really. Is. Okay, I thought it was you. <laughs> no, oh, it I, is. My voice doesn't go that high. <laughs> okay. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thanks, Gary. Thanks, Gary. Okay. <laughs> See, you know, people believe you. Well, so they should. Well, I, no, I am full of veracity. I, you are not. I've had people <laughs> actually ask me if you are a chef. Like, are you really a cook? And then you've been called the Sioux Chief, the yeah, S I O U X Sioux Chief. So you know you got to be careful. Of, all right, already you don't like it when I've got too many things going on in this computer screen. Well, then I don't know who's coming up on the line. You well, see, and then I, okay. I feel well, silly welcoming Sophia. someone to the phone. Welcome, now Sophia. I can say, <laughs> Sylvia. Welcome, first-time caller to the show. Hi, good morning. Good morning. You two sure start the day well. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Well, Charlie, uh, maybe you can help me out. I have a little, well, they call it a lavender bush given to me for Christmas. Mm -hmm. And on the tag it said, indirect sun, Mm -hmm. moist soil, and trim it as you need to keep the uh, shape of it. But I think it's dying because it's all dry. Mm. Like It's not like leaves. Well, you know, I guess it's not leaves. It's like needles. Mm -hmm. And every time I go past it, they fall. They fall. Is there anything I can do to hold on to it or... Well, you know, the lavender is similar to a question we had last week about rosemary. Right. They are a bit of a tough plant to – because remember when you're given it at Christmas time, these plants have come out of Florida. Uh, So they've been in the light conditions and the temperatures and the humidity of, you know, the southern United States. Right. They're put on a truck. They get up here into a retail shop. put in there just for Christmas, you know. And then we bring them into our home. So in order to be successful, you've got to really say, okay, where did this plant come from? What can I give it? Now, they talk about semi-sun or, or, you know, partial shade. That's exactly the kind of conditions they grow these plants in in Florida. But for us in the winter, you want that plant in a window, preferably a southern or western-facing window. So you're going to get bright light. Well, I have a southern window now. It's in in there now. Good. Perfect. I had to put something underneath it because every time you walk, you know, it's all the needles are just all over the place. (laughs) Well, and of course, you have a saucer below so that when you water it, 
it. That's right, and, yeah. And, and it's a plant that doesn't want to be soggy. Like, it doesn't want to have sit in water. No. And it does like to dry out quite quite extensively between waterings. Oh, I see. Uh, and, yeah, so well. at this point, what you could do, either now or, like, do you, what you want to do is you want to rejuvenate it. So get out some little clippers, some secateurs, and give and it a little haircut. Trim it around. Trim yeah. the whole yeah. thing. And yeah. if it's still alive, there's little buds uh, that are hidden. You can't see them. No. That will start to grow uh, after you give it a trim. You'll see green like coming. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Exactly. Okay. And don't all worry right. about. And even just give it a bit of a brush or comb with your fingers. Knock off all the dried stuff. Yeah. If it's messy and it's just frustrating. Well, the way it looks now, I think if I shook it, I think it would be all gone. Well, that's right. So if it's it completely so hard, like when you touch it, you know. Yeah. Well, if it completely defoliates because of that, that's fine. Right. But giving it that trim will determine determine whether it's going to. Survive or Survive be or not. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All okay. right. Thank you very much for your help. You're welcome. Thanks bye-bye. for joining the show, Sylvia. All right. Bye bye. Bye bye now. And uh, we have to take a little bit of a break here, but we will be back to talk to Nancy, who apparently has some milkweed seed advice. Uh, hold on to that, and we'll return to the garden show here at AM 740. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size, there's more going on in the garden than we do realize. And should little creatures become a big problem, well, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And uh, Frank Proctor here at the sous chef of the garden, welcoming Nancy from Oshawa with, hey, this looks good, milkweed seed advice. Good morning, Nancy. Hi there. Hi there. Hi there, Charlie. Charlie, you've been in my backyard, so maybe you'll recognize this. I got, I too wanted um, milkweed for the monarchs, because I think they're beautiful and I'd like to encourage them. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I got my son to get me some seeds. First thing, they have to be brown before they'll germinate. And the other thing is you have to treat those seeds when they come up like they were mint, because they, they put runners underneath. And they just go all over the place. So one, <laughs> one plant becomes a veritable acreage. It, they, I have to cut them off, break them off, the rim, grow up right up through the rocks in my mm. rockery and everything. Yeah, which can be a problem. Nice. Okay, well, that's good information. And well, if he's got a small yard, he'll have more milkweed than he knows what to, to do, do with. <laughs> and you, as I recall, have lots of sun. Your backyard faces south. You're right. So you've got a nice, lots of bright and open area. And how has it been? Have you noticed monarchs laying eggs, and have you seen any yes, larvae? Actually, even here in the snow, I was shoveling snow one day, and I, I must have disturbed one, and there he was curled up in, on the patio. Huh, a little larva. Yeah, little little furry ball. Oh, how cute is that? <laughs> anyways, I put put him in the corner and hope he survives. Yeah, exactly. All right, well, good stuff. Well, thanks so much for that, Nancy, and I certainly hope that Carrie is still listening, and we have good information on where he can get seeds. Oh, excellent. So yeah, stay yeah. tuned. Okay. Thanks Thank for you so much. I don't want any more. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, um, it turns out... I'm just going to repeat the phone numbers oh, uh, because that, that call does free up a line here. 416-360-0740 for those in the Toronto area. And then anywhere else in the province, one 740 Four seven forty. Okay, with that done, away you go again with your advice. Well, it's good old James helped us with this. He was listening to what Carrie had said about where mm-hmm. can I get milkweed seeds, and he quickly Googled 
uh, you know, milkweed seeds. And what came up first and foremost was Triple W Live Monarch. So one word, livemonarch.com. And then backslash free milkweed seeds. So what this is, is you send a self-addressed envelope to an address that we're going to have to obviously uh, announce here Mm -hmm. because uh, Kerry mentioned he doesn't have a computer. But a self-addressed envelope mailed to this website, they will turn around and mail you milkweed seeds back. Well, isn't that neat? Yeah. Uh, so obviously, free, in support of the uh, uh, monarch butterfly. Well, yeah, because the entire world is supporting monarch butterflies. Yeah, you don't know I, that, yeah. eh? You've, you've been well, out of the loop on that, I think. Well, you've been too busy. I haven't been entirely out of the loop. Or I just didn't realize it was that, you know. It's a big deal because <clears> they have, like, remember, monarchs, though they come up here for the summer, mm-hmm. they spend a lot of time the winter down Mexico. in Mexico. Yeah, that's yeah. right. And the problem is, is that the area where they've gone in Mexico has been being developed. It was all forest and the trees are being cut down and there's le- that's where they go. They go hang out in a forest and well, the forest is shame disappearing. Shame on you, Jose. Come on. Well, it's not yeah. like we're, as Kerry pointed out, it's not like we're providing acreages of um, milkweed anymore either. So but all least... of us are affecting the, the uh, ability of the, the monarch to survive. Right. Okay, good points. Right. Good points all. Thank you very much. Well, you're quite welcome. Hey, I see that uh, Jean is calling in from Simcoe. Good morning, Jean. Good morning. Morning. I'm calling about a gardenia standard. Mm-hmm. It was beautiful when I bought it last spring early, mm-hmm. and uh, when the weather turned nice, I had it out on the deck and it bloomed. When it started to get a little fall, I brought it into the porch and left it there for a few weeks and then brought it into the house. Mm-hmm. Now, it's in a north window. Mm-hmm. It gets lots of light and a little bit of afternoon sun. Mm-hmm. But it gets new buds, and they fall off mm-hmm. as soon as as soon as they start to fatten up. They they drop right off. Yes, mm-hmm. and the leaves start to curl, and mm-hmm. they drop, and it's just gradually getting. I know. So it only has two sprouts down on the lower part of the stem that oh, are really? green, and the rest is all defoliated now. Yes. Now, I realize that they do suffer when you move them, but should I cut it back or should I just leave it and hope that I can, it'll survive until spring again? But Well, the trick is, and this kind of even goes back to uh, when Sylvia was calling about the lavender, the trick with gardenias is you have to say to yourself, where, does a, where do gardenias thrive? Like what part mm-hmm. of the world? And again, we, we do head off to places like Hawaii and tropical rainforests yes. when we think about gardenias mm-hmm. doing well. And then we look at our homes with our hot air blowing around, our furnaces and fans and, you know, low, mm-hmm. very low humidity. Uh, and it's, that's really the hardest thing for the gardenia. It's the lack of humidity that causes that curling of the leaves mm-hmm. and the dropping of the buds. Okay. So it, wa- it wants sun. It wants it to be in the brightest spot you can give it. It wants as high of humidity as you can give it. Mm-hmm. And your idea of cutting it down is probably not a bad one. Okay. So you're going to start a new standard, basically. You're going to take off that whole top okay. branchy bit. You're going to cut to just above where that green sprouts are starting to grow. Okay. And so it's going to be a shorter standard because where those little sprouts are starting to come, that's going to be your new head, if you will. Okay. Okay. okay very good. I have... Um, uh, moistened it with a spray. Yeah, like a spritzy kind of a spray? Spritzy thing, yes, I have. And um, 
And actually, I gave it a real bath before it came in, mm-hmm. so that uh, I don't think it has anything that might have come in from the... Yeah, it's not really prone to a lot of bug problems. Oh, it's got they? a pretty leathery leaf. Yes. And, uh, and a lot of insects just don't choose leathery don't leaves. <laughs> yeah, it's too much work. Okay, so <laughs> if I just prune it back, should I fertilize it at all? I would. I would give it a half-strength fertilizer. Um, and if you have... Orchid food or uh, any kind of a fertilizer that's for acid-loving plants, okay. like rhododendron-type food, give okay. it at half strength. Okay. So whatever it says, do half of the strength it recommends. Okay. And think about a, a, a tray, like a pebble tray, below the monarch. Sorry, I'm looking okay. at a website there. Below the gardenia. Yes. So that with water always in the pebbles, so there's okay. always that extra evaporation of moisture around the plant. Okay, that can but help. not... Water it from the top as well? Yep, water from the top as well. And have it so that when you water, the water drains through the pot into the pebble tray below. Okay, very good. So the plant is sitting up on the pebbles. It's not actually in the water. In the water. Though Mm -hmm. gardenias are one of the few plants that wouldn't even mind being in water. They do like moisture. You never want to let them dry out. Okay, very good. All right. Thank you very much. Good luck with that, Jean. And I love the show. Thank you. Let us know how that turns out. I will. Thank you. Bye-bye. Have a great day, and thanks for joining us here at The Garden Show. And that is, uh, of course, emanating live and direct from the Zoomerplex in Liberty Village here in Toronto. That's correct. Now, you have some good information to share with all our listeners, but particularly Carrie, who called from Richmond Hill. Right. First of all, if you do happen to have a computer and you're listening, where you head is uh, Live Monarch. Dot com. That'll get you, you know, you don't, you don't have to put in the triple W. Just yeah. put livemonarch.com. So one word. And then, yeah, yeah slash free milkweed seeds. Uh, and that, that'll get you there. But if you don't have a computer, you want to jot down this address, they'll send you some seeds. You address the letter to livemonarch-seedcampaign and then 3003-C8. Yamoto Road, that's Y-A-M-O-T-O, Yamoto Road, number 1015, Boca Raton, Florida, 33434. Should I give that again? Yes, you Okay, let's yeah. do that. Okay, Live Monarch Seed Campaign, 3003-C8, Yamoto Road, and number one zero one five, Boca Raton, Florida, three three four three four, and that should get you some free seeds and do the monarchs a world of good. That's right, and and what's interesting too is because you're sending that self-addressed envelope, mm-hmm. they will send milkweed seeds that are appropriate to your area, oh, right? Very because good. there's different yeah. varieties that thrive in different so uh, parts your, of the world. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, that's that's good. That's important. Okay. All right. So here we are on the Garden Show looking for more callers, and I know we do have more. As a matter of fact, Richard is in from Brantford. Oh, and a first-time caller, too. Richard, welcome to the show. Hello. Welcome, Richard. W- welcome. Thank you very much. What's uh, going on? Uh, we got a money tree, a twisted trunk. Uh-huh. It's about three and a half feet tall, maybe four feet. Mm-hmm. It was doing real well, but all of a sudden it's starting to get sticky on the bottom, on the underside of the leaves. Yep. We have tried um, uh, soapy water, mm-hmm. 
And uh, so far, so that it doesn't seem to help. I wondered if you have any suggestions. Well, that's... these are turning a little bit brown. Yeah. Well, dropping. sticky is always a really good indication that you have insects on the plant. Mm-hmm. And the sticky part is because the insects are using their little mouth parts to put holes in the usually the underside of the leaves, and they're drinking some of that nectar, and then they're moving down the leaf. When they move, they leave those little microscopic holes behind, and nectar or liquid drips out. And you get that stickiness left behind. So your job is to get a magnifying glass and look very closely. There, there's sort of two insects that are likely to cause problems. Well, um, white fly, which is a fly that flies around that's pure white, can be a problem, but not usually on money tree. Though certainly, if you just touch the plant and a cloud of white insects flies up, you have white fly. The other insect that we suspect is, um, which would have come in likely when, the, if or come in on a plant, would be aphids. And right. aphids are always found on the tips, the growing tips of any plant. Right. They're very, very small, but they cluster together, and you'll see them, like I say, always on the tips. Uh, but you know, so sort of worth checking on. Probably the most likely insect you have, though, is something called scale. And scale is, uh, it doesn't even look like an insect. It just looks like a little bump on the stems or on the underside of the leaves because that little bump is a shell that they put over their bodies to protect them from that soapy spray that you're trying to uh, eradicate them with. And they move in their entire lives about a quarter of an inch. So (laughs) they are supremely slow-moving insects. But they they can wreak serious damage. Uh, Scale are interesting because they're able to procreate um, alone. <laughs> so female scale can lay eggs without, without the presence of a male scale for fertilization. So that means that when you have one single little scale insect on a plant, you can soon have thousands. Uh, so it's, they're, all, they're a bit of a frustration that way. So look closely for that. If you see little bumps on the stems or underside of the leaves, you have a couple of options. One is to by hand and fingernail, flip, like get them off, literally rub them off. Uh, you can also use a ear, um, Q-tip dipped in alcohol, individually touching each of the scale, trying to not touch the plant, just touching the scale with rubbing alcohol. That causes them to shrivel up, and then again, they're more easy to remove at that point. The soapy water thing can work, but has to be done more than once. You'd need to spray once, seven days later, spray again. Okay. It's got to be soap, not detergent, and it is a 40 to 1 ratio, water to soap. And I would take the plant into the bathtub or into the shower. I would spray it till it's dripping, let it sit there for 10 minutes or so, turn on the shower, um, you know, room temperature kind of temperature, wash that soap off, let it drain out into the shower for an hour or two, back into its sunny window, a week later, do the whole thing again. Uh, And what you're going to do is it's going to be a process of eliminating that insect, and it will take some time because the eggs will not be affected by the soap. Okay, any particular type of soap? Well, there aren't a lot of soaps out there. As oh. far, they're almost all detergents. Right. The only soap that you t- traditionally get as a soap is ivory soap. Ivory? Ah, yeah. oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Baby, baby soap. So, oh. and so you know, it's it is you can get it as a as it, just ensure that it's not a detergent. So it might be in the dish cleaning aisle, it might be in the laundry cleaning aisle, it might be in the baby aisle. But bottom line is, you want soap. Okay. Okay. So no use using anything like oxidol or anything because that's detergent anyway, right? Yeah, that's right.
It's not going to do any good. It's just going to wash the plant and wash the bugs. <laughs> okay, well, we'll try to get rid of them. All right, this good luck with that. Plant. I, I thank know. you very much for your help. You're very welcome. And have a great day. Best Thanks, of Richard. Luck. Thank you. Keep warm out there, man. It is a cold morning. Well, you know what? It's not nearly as cold. It's the wind. It, exactly. It is. It's just killer wind, and it's going to get a lot colder and windier tonight. Yeah, I'm the temp's going to say. drop this afternoon. Yeah, we're going from a south wind. It's swinging around to a north wind, so it's going to bring all kinds of cold. And yeah, it was. Um, it it, it was wasn't bad driving here in the city, mm-hmm. but I understand outside the city in the rurals there was some very bad uh, whiteouts. Oh, whiteouts! Yeah, well, terrible ro- uh, roads being closed yesterday everywhere. Yesterday, some of the major routes and twenty, thirty car pileups. Well, no. well, yeah, and I guess people up Man. sort of Shelburne Way. You yeah, know, maybe yeah. they were going up skiing for the weekend. They all got stuck. Like there's 120 of them ended up in some high school because they they rescued them from the snow oh, and, and stuck them in a high school for the <laughs> night. And the Red Cross is feeding them breakfast today, and they're saying you're not going anywhere. Like the roads no. are still cro- still closed. Oh, so be careful, folks. <laughs> yeah, we want don't you around here next go, week. Yeah, and don't go out if you don't need to. Exactly. Now we have to take a little bit of a break here because we have another first time caller ready to hit the airwaves here. The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin back after these words. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, flocks, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. At times I do wish this show were televised yes, because indeed. as I looked up to the glass doorway that separates our our studio from the actual production room. There went Dave Rediger, tripping along fantastically, doing a little ballet in front of the window. Dancing and (laughs) swirling and twirling. You would look so cute in a tutu. I I just can't tell you. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but you were dancing, too. You started well, I, it. I started yesterday. <laughs> uh, oh, hey, you know, we had some really great news come in just prior to us going to uh, Good another reminder. caller. Here. Yeah, yep. an excellent reminder uh, regarding the uh, uh, milkweed seeds, milkweed seeds yeah, for monarch butterflies. Marine called to remind listeners to uh, use a U.S. stamp if you want to send that self-addressed envelope. Get a U.S. stamp because no good putting a Canadian stamp on our our stamp and our money is worth so much less. They will just not, recently, though. yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, it, 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 you won't get. It won't work. Your yeah. self-addressed uh, won't. Your envelope won't. Will not return now, to you, you buy, in Canada. Can you buy U.S. stamps? Or you, that's a good uh, question. Can you go to Canada Post and buy one U.S. Yes, stamp? you can. Yes, you can. Oh, James, James no. James Patrick Dooley knows He's that. He's sent. A, Self-addressed envelopes, obviously, to the states. <laughs> Those blow-up dolls, mail man, order cheaper in the states, aren't they? <laughs> blow-up dolls. What? You stop that. All right. Here <laughs> we go. Welcome. Let's get back okay. to the garden yes, show. All right. Gene in High Park, first of all. There you are. Welcome yeah. to the show. Hello. Good morning. Uh, good morning. I just want to know how to take care of uh, Alocasia Polly. Mm. Okay. This is a new plant, is it? New plant. Well, uh, that be long time ago, and uh, always when I bought it, mm-hmm. leaves falling off. Oh. So I don't know. Uh, I do it something wrong, or uh, I don't know. Well, I, I mean, what send that. okay. So alocasia is a beautiful plant. Big leaves. Beautiful leaves. And 
and very distinct, very interesting foliage, not just a boring old philodendron. They're very uh, lovely with variegation, uh, super spectacular. So the trick, though, and with, as with so many tropical plants, it does come down to humidity. So typical room temperature temperatures is absolutely perfect. They want to be in a bright location in the winter, so a bright window. Though in the summer, they can be a little bit away from that bright window, a little less light. But in the winter, when the light levels are so low, they need to be right in a bright window. Now, you want to keep them moist. The soil must be kept moist, except in the winter, when they are slowing down, they are semi-dormant, you can allow them to dry down a little more in the winter than you will during the regular growing. Uh, Not now. You can fertilize, but wait till March. And fertilize once a month starting in March and start keeping the plant moister starting in March. But for now, you want to keep it on the dry and side. And what kind of fertilizer? Um, just a regular 10, 10, 10, 20, 20, 20. Um, nothing, you know, a, a house plant fertilizer uh-huh. uh, would work. Uh, but get out your little mister, your spritzer, and mist and spritz 10 times a day. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Thank you so million. Oh, thanks so much for your call. Thank you. Goodbye, Jean. Thank you for joining us here on The Garden Show. Lots of callers this morning, all sorts of different questions. Uh, Let's see what uh, Angela has on her mind. From Brampton. Good morning, Angela. Good morning, Charlie and Frank. Good morning. hope you're both keeping nice and warm. (laughs) Yes, we are. (laughs) All I need is the sun. Mm. I don't care if it's minus 50. I agree. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Makes me happy. Mm-hmm. Anyway, my problem is I've got an orchid, mm. and you know the center part of the orchid, mm. it fell apart. Mm. It just rotted. Mm. But the two stems, at, you know, the storks that come up, uh-huh. has two bloom like two. It it shoots it, uh-huh. right? And uh-huh. they're still green, uh-huh. but I don't know if. What to do with it? Should I replant it? Should I cut it there and and plant the the part that shot? You know, shoot. Well, so it sounds like the crown of the plant survived, though the leaves have have got you know disappeared. Right. So when you look at it right now, is there any brown or black um, old material attached to the plant, or is it all? Is it still just green there when you look? No, there is some black, um, like brown. Yes. Mm-hmm. That below where the the shoot is. Oh, hmm. right. Really. And yet the 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 shoot is green. Yeah, like flower stems come out as a shoot, and they come off the side, uh, yeah. down at the bottom, as you know, as you point out. And of course, roots do straight go in odd directions too with uh, orchids. What I would do is, if you can excise uh, anything that's brown or black without uh, doing any damage to what is green, I would do that. Otherwise. I would let it be. Do not transplant it just now. Uh, Let it be. Keep it where you've got it. Uh, Only water as necessary. Like feel the pot, the weight of the pot. You want to keep it, you know, moist but not wet kind of thing. And and what I suggest you do, Angela, is call again next week. Because next week, Terry Kennedy is going to be here. Or alternatively, um, maybe she's listening right now and she can address this question when she is on on the air. Because, yeah, some of the detailed questions that do come up with some of the orchids, she's got so much experience with orchids, she knows exactly what's the right thing to say. Okay. Um, The the strange part is like below where the shoot is, is is, is brown. like Like the whole thing looks brown. It's brown below the shoot, but the shoot's green and... <laughs> huh. 
healthy. Well, that might just be brown on the outer surface. I mean, oh. obviously it's not brown all the way through. Otherwise, that green couldn't be growing. Like it would, it, there, it must be alive in the center. Yeah. It may just be a superficial uh, sort of almost like a bark death, an outer death, but inside yeah, is obviously yeah. alive. Okay, is what I'll I'm just, just leave it the way it is. I would leave it, exactly. And like I said, let's, uh, I'm going to put a little you know, star beside your name and your question, and maybe, like I said, we can get Terry to, to handle some of these yeah, tough and odd questions. Because I listen to the show every, every Saturday. Excellent. Wow, wonderful. Thanks so much for listening, and thanks well, for thank calling. Thank you very much. You both have a great day. Okay, Same too. to you. Okay, love. Okay, thanks. You take Bye. care. And, my golly, uh, we're just running right along here to our next caller, who is Gary from Belgrave. Good morning, Gary. Oh, whoop. Goodbye, Gary. Oh, I'm <laughs> oh, here. There he is. There he is. Okay. Yeah. Morning. How are you fine folks today? Hey, right. we're good. And good. Nice good. and warm in the studio. Yeah, that's for sure. Well, the roads are all closed up here. I so. bet they are. Yeah, it's really bad. Good thing you're staying home. Yeah, a good place to stay in. Mm-hmm. Anyway... There's a product called Basic H out there, Charlie. Are you familiar with that? I've never heard of it. Okay. It's made by Shackley. Okay. Years ago, they used to spray the apple trees, the organic people. Uh-huh. Uh, you could spray the apple trees, you know, like the four times or whatever, and it was good as any commercial spray out there. Okay? Okay. And so I was thinking about that when you were talking about, you know, the uh, soap and water business. yeah. yeah. This is like a basic H is a is a product that you can dilute like one capful to to a gallon of water type thing. I wonder what it is. I like. I wonder what the actual active ingredient is. I, I'm not sure, but you can check it out. It's called basic H, and I know they used it on on um, on the apple trees and the fruit trees a lot. Huh. Okay, so I'm just quickly googled it here, and it says it's from the 1960s. Yep. It is a cleaner. Okay. Yep. I'm just trying to see what yeah. it says. Can you read yeah, that? It's yeah, it's sure. interesting, you know, but I know a lot of people used it years ago, and uh, I know even today some people use it uh, on their plants and that. Yeah, you just have a little sprayer, you know, and marketed you got as a, a cleaning. fungus or something on your plants, just give it a spray and it'll kill them. Really? Right. Yeah. Let's and it's see. totally organic. Okay, so here, here's, um, Frank's got some information. Well, it says the world's most versatile cleaner back in 1960, Basic H, was one of the first environmentally safe household cleaners on the market. And today, millions of bottles later, it's more love than ever, they say. Yep. So uh, check that out, folks. Uh, efficient, powerful, safe, biodegradable, and economical. But, gee, it shows up a, a 30-gallon yeah. tank of this stuff. It was named an official Earth Day yeah. product. Okay, so I, I don't know what it actually is. It is certainly marketed at where we're looking quickly as a household cleaner. Yep. Though yep. it obviously has other oh, the, yeah. there's stuff in here about health and beauty and healthy home. I'm not seeing anything about plants, but maybe if we look a little deeper, we'll find something. Yeah, it, dig something up, Charlie, because I know they used it on apple trees a lot. Yeah. Okay. It reminds me a bit of Epsom salts, right? Because remember yeah. Epsom salts, it's used for everything. It's, well, apparently you know, it's lipstick Magical. off linen, napkins, crayon, unpainted walls. Wow. So, gosh. Sure. Huh. Okay, good. Well, that's a good information. Good well, I just thought I'd give you that tip, you Thank know. you. I'm going to look into that a little further and see what we can find out. So, okay. Good information. Thanks, Gary. Have a super, super weekend, everybody. <laughs> okay. And you too. Stay warm. <laughs> we sure will. And All out right. of that Thank wind. You. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye now. And we have to take a little short break okay. here, Charlie, and uh, then we'll get back to our callers here to The Garden Show from AM 740 Zoomer Radio. Don't change the radio station. 
Just because the weather changes, garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And it's always nice to take a little trip across the river to pick up a listener or two. Uh, that would be the case here. Marie in Buffalo, New York, and uh, I understand a first-time caller. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. You two make a wonderful couple. I enjoy watching you or listening to you. <laughs> Thank you. Mary. It's a good thing you don't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. It's not pretty, trust me. <laughs> I, have, um, I have a poinsettia plant that I was given at Christmas. Mm-hmm. It's it's 45 inches tall, so I consider it a poinsettia mm-hmm. tree. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, yellow. Oh, lovely. Absolutely gorgeous, yeah. but I don't know how to take care of it. Can you help me? Well, how's it looking right now? There were a lot of brown leaves, um, and they fell off, and now they're going good. And as I'm talking to you, I find one little, little bud that appears to be coming. Oh, good. So That's I don't good. know whether I watered it too much at one point or how I, I had it in the south window. Yeah, good. I was going to say, sometimes, one of the things that poinsettias are most susceptible to are temperature fluctuations. Mm-hmm. They hate drafts. So it might be that when you brought it home originally or brought somebody brought it to you as a gift, just that being outside for a minute or two might have caused some some leaf drop because they just, ah. like I say, they hate the cold. Okay. So once you've got it home, you've got it in a nice spot, like you say, a nice sunny window, and you're caring for it on a consistent basis... It's good. You know, you will expect to lose some of the older leaves. That often okay. happens just as part of the process of, of life going on. But new growth should come from the tips. And come spring, it should – it's likely to have a lot of green leaves on it, though it may still be holding a few colored leaves as well. Okay. And at that point, you can go outside once we're frost-free. If you'd like to put it out, keep it as a plant out in the garden, leave it in the pot – but get it out into a shady spot. Of course, you'll water it. Before you go outside with it, or right around that same time, I would give it a fairly hard pruning. Because if it's alive and it's happy, it's going to be three times the size you know, ne- next year that it is this year, and too big to handle to get in and out of the house in the fall. Would but, you uh, say trimming would be about a third of the way down? Exactly. At the most, you're going to remove a third, and the idea is to, yeah, just bring it back and and. and Bring it to a point where there's an outward-facing bud, so the new growth will grow to the outside of the plant, oh, as opposed right. to the inside, where it's going to all start crisscrossing. Terrific. Now, during the winter, how often should I water this? You and want I, I, to keep... What I did do is water it from the bottom. Okay. Well, you can do that, or from the top, whatever works. Okay. And it's, pro- it's probably a bit heavy for you to pick it up and figure no, out... not okay. really. Well, so then that's... What I find is one of the easiest ways to figure out when it's time to water a plant is by the weight. Okay. Either that or a like. moisture meter or stick your finger in the soil. It doesn't want to dry out completely, but do okay. not water if it feels at all soggy. So all there's right. a fine line where the surface is starting to feel dry, but there's still some sponginess to the soil. That's when it's time to water. Terrific. Okay. Terrific. Thank you so Good. much. Hey, thanks for joining okay. the show. with the March 31st show in Toronto. Excellent. Look forward to it. Thank you. <laughs> Bye, Marie. Bye. And there you are. Uh, listeners from all over joining the Garden Show here this morning. I think Marie might have been referring to Canada Blooms. Well, I hope so, uh, yes. I hope so. I'll definitely be we'll, there. We'll be talking about that very shortly, for sure. We will. Uh, I do believe it's Jock in New Hamburg that wants to get in touch here. Uh, good morning. It's 10 o'clock, which uh, means the phone lines are now open to reach Dave's Corner Garage. Call 416-360-0740 or toll-free in Ontario at 1-866-740-4740. Dave and Alan will get to your calls right after the news. Well, yes, and the news will be coming up, but not right now. No. 
Thank you, Dave. Uh, <laughs> we do have, I believe, Jock, uh, from New Hamburg online. Good morning. Good morning again. <laughs> morning. <laughs> yeah, I've got a pineapple that I uh, cut the top off about four years ago and stuck it in a pot of soil, and okay. it's growing uh, futuriously, and I'm <clears throat> uh, just wondering uh, about fertilizing and... What, what, and what more I should be doing to it. That's great. It's not easy to grow pineapples. I mean, no. it, theoretically, it's easy, but it's not easy because they either dry up or and shrivel up and die or they rot. Right. So there's a fine line between having that right amount of well, moisture there's, there's, there's to get it. There's a lot of green keep coming out to the center and you know, the odd leaves uh, die off on the bottom. Yeah. And uh, I keep watering it. I got it in my at my office, and it's in the north window. Oh, okay. uh, it gets really lots of light. Oh, but, good. Uh, yeah. But it, it's doing really, really good. I just wonder about fertilizing it. Well, the, how you judge when to fertilize plants is when they are actively growing. Mm-hmm. So for many plants, winter is a time when they slow right down. The light levels are lower, uh, and the plants just kind of hunker down and, and stop. And we do not fertilize because the plants aren't going to use that fertilizer. And we often slow down our watering for the same reason. Other varieties will actually get all charged up in the winter. Uh, Many orchids, Christmas cactus, uh, uh, there are several varieties, um, azaleas. They all start blooming now. It just seems to make sense for them. So we do fertilize when they are actively growing and flowering. So what is your pineapple doing right now? Is it sitting there or are you really seeing? It's in the window and I say got a lot of green shoots coming out the center Mm -hmm. all the time. Mm -hmm. But uh, what do I do? Just use a, a normal household fertilizer? I would. Uh, yeah, I would just use a, like a regular house plant fertilizer, like a 10-10-10 right. or a 20-20-20. You're right. unlikely to get a pineapple, but you never know. Right? That's that, true. That's it'll true. come right from the center. Right? If it's going to flower, it'll flower from the center. Yeah. You get a little baby pineapple up on top. If you, if you get... uh, some of them are got to be about uh, you know, two and a half, three feet long. Oh, great. Wow. If great. you ever do get a, a pineapple, give us a call right away. <laughs> well, that's right. And I'll get the ham and we'll the, go to the other. Exactly. <laughs> Take pictures. <laughs> okay. Thank you kindly. Thanks, Thanks Chuck. Chuck. Have a good day. Bye. You betcha. Bye bye now. That's, that was interesting. Eh? That's fun. Pineapple. Well, I know. I love it. People get try neat things and have different and why not? Le- levels yeah. of success. Give it a shot. Give it a shot. And if you do want to take pictures of plants and send them in, my email address, c.dobbin, so c.dobbin at mzmedia.com. Or follow me on Twitter, at Charlie Dobbin. There you go. And until we see you again next week, Charlie, Mm -hmm. have a wonderful week and keep warm. I will for sure. And, of course, I will see you uh, next week as well. But you're back here doing a little more this afternoon. Yeah, I'll be back at 1 o'clock. And uh, joining, of course, my weatherman for the show is James Patrick Dooley. Oh, excellent. He's he's got to get himself all genned up on all the meteorological terms like... (laughs) You know, is it uh, cold oh, that, or that, warm? That rain means wet. You know, stuff like that. It's just incredible. Well, yeah, what he it's knows. a bit of a crash course. <laughs> <laughs> Have yourself a great week and enjoy the show upcoming with Dave Redinger and the, Gord, the Dave Corner Garage. And okay. Thank you for all your great calls. We couldn't do any of this without you. You got it. See you next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio. The new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio. The new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.